Hey, you. Random listener. Yeah, you. I'm talking to you. Somehow in the depths, corners, creepy, quiet corners, the black market, we might say, of the internet, you've somehow stumbled upon this gem of a podcast known as the Dial H for Heroclix. My name is Hunter Smith. I am your host. With me is my cousin and good friend, Austin Smith. How's it going, ladies and gentlemen? No Drew Alderson today. We're in too deep. We're in the dark, dark corners of the internet right. now. Can't. Drew couldn't handle it. Exactly. He got lost in the porn section somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> he got distracted many a times on the way here. Well, we're at a, we're on a weird schedule today because we have our Dial H official event, which we told you guys about last week. We should have told you about like last month, but that was my bad. Uh, hopefully anybody in the Indianapolis area comes out and sees us this weekend. So anyway, since we have that event and it lasts all day, we decided we needed to do the podcast during the week. So this week, it'll just be Austin and I. Next week, to accommodate our schedule as well, we will be recording over Skype, but you will have all three of us, and it'll be posted on Sunday, usually on the, the Sunday afterwards instead of uh, the Saturday. I feel safe on Skype. Drew can't hit me there. Yeah, we got to figure something out. We got to figure out how you guys, can, how he can. Digitally... You got to rig up bolts, like volts to my nipples, and then every time Drew hits a button, I like where I like where this idea is headed. Let's put it. Let's keep it in mind. We'll build off of it. This is episode ninety-seven. Today, we're going to give you tips on how to create builds for your uh, for your venue. Uh, when we did our feedback question and we asked, what do you guys want to hear? What do you want to talk about? What do you want to improve on the, the show? Besides how great Austin is. A couple people said they wanted, they liked all the build talk. They liked getting new build ideas from us. And so I thought maybe we could do an episode focused on tips uh, tips to, if you're a judge, or if you're even one to do just little house games with your friends and stuff like some ideas to build off of, and what are the key things to take into consideration when you make those things. So we're going to talk about that. we got a couple spoilers. I'm going to give you the answer to make your move that I gave you last week, and then we have another broke-ass builds for you, featuring Avengers Assembled. We'll start with news, and we're light on the official spoilers this week, which is fine with me. We got enough to wet my beak. You know I do what I mean? want to say, WizKids has done a good job since Trinity War with the spoilers. They, for like a period there with a couple sets like Deadpool and stuff, like we got nothing. Well, and then there also was a lull in the release of everything. Well, too. yeah. But I mean, like they've just done a good job with the number of spoilers we're getting now and all this crap. So we have two con exclusive spoilers Ghost Rider and Adam Strange. Ghost Rider, of course, being uh, on the Marvel side. You want to talk about her? Uh, this is Alejandro Ghost Rider. It's, uh, she has Circle of Four Mystics, 99 points. Um, or sorry, Circle of Four Mystical, 99 points, but she also has the Mystics uh, TA. Uh, improved movement ignores hindering. Um, charge Blades exploit invul with, uh, is that an 11 on top dial? 11-3. Mm-hmm. Um, Indom, uh, not bad right there off the bat. Um, mid-dial, she drops into some running shot with a special pulse wave called Clenched Fist of God. She can use it if she had a range of 8. When she does, her damage value is replaced with 1. Hit characters with 2 action tokens are dealt 2 damage instead. Yeah. Well, actually, it's when she does... Or when she does and her damage value. Which is even better because she has a 4 damage. So if you want a single target pulse wave somebody, you're going to do 4. And like Austin said, if you want a double target, or or multi-target, I should say, 
your value still replaced with one, but hit characters with two action tokens are dealt an extra one damage. Which that's pretty cool. Pretty nice, yeah. Um, for ninety nine points, she's definitely awesome for mystical team. She's solid. Uh, she's not uh, unique enough though, where I feel like I have to own this piece. I agree. You know what I mean? Like I'm not going to shell out the fifty dollars. Although whatever my love of Circle of Four almost ensures I might have to end up with it. I don't remember her being in Circle of Four. I thought I don't that was either. Johnny. It was a uh, yeah. It was apparently Circle of Four went on past that arc, and oh. she shows up in one of the Fantastic Four books that was run on. You know, you learn something every day. I know. I had to look it up because I almost made a smart-ass comment about it and almost looked like a jackass twice. Now, someone that I do really like and I do want to own this figure, partially because the style is cool and also partially because we never get Adam Strange style, so I feel like I should grab it while I can. It's weird. <laughs> no, not the weird. <laughs> Why don't you want the weird, Hunter? What's wrong with him? <laughs> He's weird, god dang. Adam Strange is 100 points. Justice League of America team ability, so useful. Uh, trait. This trait is what makes him cool. Zeta Beam. You give him a power action. You place a Zeta Beam marker in the square that he currently occupies. And you remove any other Zeta Beam markers off the map. When you do this, place Adam Strange in any legal square on the map and he may then make a ranged combat attack as a free action. After actions resolve, you roll a d6 that can't be re-rolled. If you roll a 4 to 6, immediately place him in the square with the Zeta Beam marker and remove it from the map. So you get to teleport over anywhere you want, mind you. Take a shot and then teleport back to your Zeta Beam if you hit your 50-50 roll. If you miss your 50-50 roll, then you're going to have to wait for the second part of this trait during the beginning of your turn... If the marker is on the map, roll a d6 that can't be re-rolled. On a result of 4 to 6, place Adam Strange in the square with the Zeta Beam marker and remove from the map. And if you fail both those 50-50s, he still stays where he He's is. He's stuck, but you At can the use it... of every turn. Right, or if you uh, don't have two, two action tokens yet and you want to do it again, you could. Yeah. You could put it wherever you want, go there, take a shot, blah, blah. Now, he has 7 range with that shot, and he has a stop click. He has a banner click, essentially. Because his first click, he just has perp and earthbound, which will take away his flight and his indom that he typically has. So you got perplex at first, then a stop click for his banner click, which just says when turning the dial, if it's if it's revealed due to damage taken from an opponent's attack, stop turning the dial. It does not say it can't be ignored. That's what I was about to say. So you could pull some past it. And on those clicks, he has running shot, and energy shield with a special attack power. And this attack power will come into play when he does his Zeta Beam thing. He can use Force Blast. When a force when a single character would be knocked back by his Force Blast, instead, Adam Strange is knocked back a number of squares equal to his printed damage value, as if that character generated the knockback. This knockback deals no damage. So it's more for flavor because it doesn't serve any actual tactical purpose. It's not going to deal Adam any knockback damage. And, uh, I mean, I guess you could not use you, it tactically. You could kite yourself around the map. If you're of. not using it with Zeta Beam, if you did it normally, like a running shot, yeah, you could try to hit somebody at 7, you know, count them out, hit somebody at 7, and then knock yourself back 3 squares, like, just to be safe, more safe, yeah. be farther away. Well, not just that, if you're waiting every turn to hope that you get teleported to a Zeta, 
it's not a bad idea to sit there and yeah. be like, okay, I'm going to take a pot shot and then get knocked back a little bit. Because three squares, getting knocked back three squares is nothing to scoff at, really. I if, it was, if it did both, the force blast and knocked yeah. him back, it would be super crazy. Um, his only thing I don't like about this dial is his attack and damage values are low. I mean, he has a 10 on only one of his six clicks, and, and then the nine. rest are nines. And he has three damage on the... Two, three, and four, and then on five and six, he picks up for uh, a rage combat expert. For a character with a banner click, that really sucks. Yeah, I mean, I like him. Like I said, he's fun. The I like the I like the force blasting yourself away. I like the Zeta beam. It all seems cool, and it's, it's a figure thematic. we don't get. So I'm gonna yeah. pick him up. But that's Adam Strange for you. And last but not least, actually maybe least, we have Revival Jam. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> I will say one thing about Revival Jam before you spoil him. He's gotten a lot of people out of some jams. I that uh, also he looks like a ghost. So if you you know when you when that Halloween event rolls up, bust <laughs> this guy out. But I he could have some some uses in Silver Age. He's, I mean, there's some trickery that could be done with this guy. Spoil a spoil Revival Jam for us, Austin. We've got a we've got a fifty two point Revival Jam Merrick Ishtar and Water keywords, which we haven't got too many Merrick figures. I yet. don't think we have gotten any. <clears throat> um, two range, one bolt. Uh, he starts with Plasticity, seven movement, ten attack, end cap, two damage, special damage power, and sixteen defense. His special damage power is he can use shape change and succeeds on a four to six. Well, that was a pretty cool figure, Hunter. Oh wait, this is a nice little trade up here. Regenerative body. When Revival Jam is KO'd, turn it to click 5, which is a KO click, um, and place a special marker in the square it occupied. This square can't be occupied as long as the special marker is in that square. At the beginning of each turn, if Revival Jam is removed from the map this way, heal him of 1 damage. When click 1 is revealed, remove the special train marker and place him in that square. Victory points are only awarded the first time he's KO'd. Oh, hot diggity dog. That's what I'm saying. There's a little trickery could be done with this guy. Yeah. Your opponent's not going to keep scoring points. Every four turns, you're going you're gonna to get him back in the square he was already in. He has plasticity. He's relatively cheap at 52. He has a little end cap with 10 <clears throat> attack. 10 cap, attack end cap's not too bad. The fact that the square he got killed in can't be occupied could be used to interesting yeah. stuff too. It's cool. I mean, not game break or anything, but he's pretty cool. Yeah, I, It's a figure I'm glad to have You know, at my... In my gigantic toolbox of all the hero clips. It's more than a toolbox. It's like a dump truck full of equipment at that's this point. True. Now, that's all for official spoilers, but Austin dug this up. Yeah. Uh, comicbook.com posted a series of Age of Ultron OP kit spoilers. Um, they just posted the sculpts, but uh, we've got the Ultron Ant-Man we've seen. We've got, an Ant- we've got another Ant-Man, uh, Wasp. Um, I don't know. Who Female Yellow Jacket. I didn't know there was a female yellow jacket. Well, uh, uh, wow. Janet was yellow jacket at first. I was just waiting to see how long it was going to take. Before Hank was. Oh, see, today I learned. Alexis, Monica Chang, Victor Mancha. I'm happy to get a Victor Mancha. It's been a while since we've had Victor. Ultron drones. Oh, we're getting so many Ultrons. Iron Man, Hulk, Black Knight, She-Hulk. We already talked about She-Hulk. Machine Man, there you go. Oh, yeah. Tess 1, which is a robot. Ultron 8. Vision. This vision sculpt's pretty cool. He's like phasing through a wall. Hercules. 
Protector, which is Novar. I was I just want to. I, I kind of forgot about Novar until I saw the sculpt. I was like, oh yeah, it's been a long time since I made. I Novar. just want to bring up the now we got a Hercules again. We can play Herc and Thor as best buds all over again. Grim Reaper. That's another welcome addition. Now we just need the Four Horsemen version. Jocasta, Ultron Five. I mean, I assume we're gonna get tons of Ultrons, which is welcome. Yeah. I mean, as many as many generic robots as you want to throw in this set, the better. Goliath. Is that Hank Pym Goliath? Yeah. Quasar, Modam, one step closer to Modoc. And that's all. Uh, I'm going to link this in the podcast description for those of you who may not have seen it. So you can check it out. But like Austin said, just sculpts only. But these are a lot of these are ones we have not seen and yet. There's some pretty cool sculpts in there. Two unimportant spoilers. Uh, one of them is kind of interesting, though. Brainiac Skull Ship has been canceled. Yeah, this is the first time I've seen them directly announce a cancellation of a product. Usually they just kind of let it fade into obscurity, don't they? I agree. This is the first time I've ever seen it as well. Which I was kind of looking forward to that Brainiac Skull Ship. It looked cool. It came with some tokens and stuff. I was looking forward to seeing what the dial would do. We should clarify, it's not the Skull Ship period. It's the retail version that they were. Oh, yeah. they revealed and we talked about a couple weeks ago. So I am here's my theory. I would say conspiracy theory, but really not really a conspiracy theory. It's still going to come out. <clears throat> I think somebody screwed up and they didn't mean to spoil it so early. They didn't mean to put the retail asset up. You, yeah, you don't want to say that it's coming out before it's had a chance to go through the convention rounds because that's part of the appeal. You know, Those conventions, you told them that there were going to be exclusive figures that players could only get there yeah. and drive up attendance. And then you already showed before, like, Gen Con's not even happened yet, and now people already know that they don't have to go to Gen Con if they want to bring the Skull Ship. So I mm. think that's why they're taking it off there. I thought it was a production issue at first, and then I remembered that when a WizKids employee posted a picture of his desk a few weeks ago, he had the blue Brainiac Skull Ship on his desk. So it's already been through the print run, basically. So we know it exists and everything. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I wouldn't be surprised with that because the reason we knew it existed was because it went up on the retail assets. I bet it goes back up after con season's over. That's, all, that's what I'm saying. Uh, also, not really... I guess it's clicks news related. He's kind of becoming the face of clicks for whiz kids. So Scott Porter, who's been doing some of the other unboxings, and you may have seen him on some TV shows. I know I saw him on Friday Night Lights, the football show, uh, back when I gave that show a chance and it finally gave up on it because it's pretty shitty. Um... He was on Who's Line, and him and our main man Wayne Brady, the little click song. The whitest black guy. I'll play it at the end of this episode, but you can also YouTube if you have yet to see it. Uh, Scott Porter and Wayne Brady, Who's Line, Hero Click song. Oh yeah, yeah. it's pretty great. It's pretty great. What's the nerdiest thing you do, Scott? I play a superhero chess. I think that's the line that all of us use to explain. Yeah, it is. It's the most simple one-line answer, really. What's it? And then, I mean, what's new with us? What's in the news with Austin Smith? What's I, going on? I finished The Wire. Did you? Yeah. Overall thoughts? I'm very sad, because the ending just showed how futile everything they did was, and it had Herc kind of be a bad guy in the long run, and it's just like, I don't know. That's what I liked about it. It was, it was, it it was, was a real. good ending. Just like the show, it yeah. was real life. It was like... No, it pulled no punches. All of this was pretty much for nothing because <clears throat> it's just a never-ending circle that's 
no one really has the answer to solving. And I mean, that was the point, was to kind of show off what it's like there and uh, how run down everything is and how it does have like a hopeless feeling to it. And Omar died. I liked Omar. Everybody likes Omar. I've continued my sci-fi movies. That's what I've been into. And that and the NBA playoffs. Uh, let's see, what did I watch since the last time we did the podcast? Stargate. I liked that a lot. Which one? It was nice seeing a young James Spader. Oh yeah, I forgot that is him, young, isn't it? Young, dashing James Spader. Why did that not register with me? Um, What else? I watched Donnie Darko today, twice, because I love that movie, and it's fun just re-watching it and picking up little things. Uh, that's one of my favorite movies ever. What else? I haven't seen it. I feel like I watched one before Stargate. Finished Doctor Strange Love, did not like it, but it's super old, so, you know, yeah, I'll, I'll yeah. forgive it. Not everything holds up. Let me check. I feel, oh, I watched through the three Matrix movies uh, again. Of course, one, crazy good. Three, pretty shit. I feel like there was one I'm forgetting. Maybe not. Maybe that's it. Anyways, I'll keep you updated. I'm enjoying my sci-fi list so far. Still a lot of movies on there I haven't seen. If anybody has some suggestions for sci-fi movies that I absolutely have to watch, uh, send an email them to us or uh, t- Twitter or Facebook them to us, and I'll check it out. Okie dokie. I want to give you guys the answer first to make your move. So last week I gave you a scenario in which you had a cable with zero action tokens. You're facing off against a Catwoman and a Killer Frost. I told you what clicks everybody was on. And I, this one was super easy. We're going to kick it off super easy, and I'm going to try to ramp up the difficulty with each assignment that I give you. A couple of you guys sent me these uh, your answers on Gmail or AC Realms or whatever. Everyone was wrong, all of you. No, everyone was right. The, the <laughs> three or four I've gotten so far, because, it's only again, this is only Thursday, uh, is correct. This is a pretty easy one. So I feel like the optimal solution in your in this problem is for you to outwit Catwoman's charge because she has no willpower. She already has one action token, and she only has a three range, and she's six squares away. So her only threat to you at the moment is for her to charge in on you. So you outwit her charge, and you psychic blast Killer Frost, who is already taken some damage, is in range, it does have enough range to shoot you, and is on invulnerable, and you have psychic blast right now. So, I mean... Best case scenario, I think you outwit Catwoman's Charge and you shoot Killer Frost. Even if you miss Killer Frost, you still took away the threat of Catwoman completely. And there's really no way for you to take away the threat of Killer Frost. And if she attacks you, she has to deal with Indom regardless. So even if she hits you, she's still going to have to push. So I think best case scenario, that's what you do. That's what everyone said so far. So that hopefully that gave you guys an idea of how this is going to work. I'll give you a new... Uh, assignment next week. I'll give you a new scenario and let you figure it out. I want to say that as a player, that's something I don't do enough of is use outwit uh, defensively like that. I tend to use it hyper-offensively, and I think a lot of newbies do that too. Oh, for sure. I actually try. Like, the more I play Heroclix, I feel like the answer to getting better at Heroclix in general is being slightly, is being being more more defensive. defensive, Not, not, I mean, there's a, there's a point of, uh, of diminishing returns yeah where you get into like stalling almost to a point 
But, um, yeah, for the most part, the big answer. I think it's more that when you initially start, you're so over-aggressive. Yes. You're so just I'm going to hypersonic Superman all 14 so he can punch you with this object, and if I miss, I'm fucked. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I, we have a broke-ass build for you. I'm very excited for this one, Hunter. I was happy with, with my broke-ass build this time because I did the whole entire team, Austin, $2.44 on cool stuff. Damn, son. $2.44. Not only That's that... That's less than the shipping would be. <laughs> I managed I managed to make them all Avengers Assemble pieces. Oh, that's even better. This is an initiative theme. Every So uh, in broke-ass builds, we're going to give you teams that... the uh, We have two rules. First rule, don't talk about broke-ass builds. No. First rule... I still haven't seen that movie. No fi- I'm going to kill you one of these days. <laughs> no figure can be over $2, and the whole team cannot be over $10. This is a 300-point Modern Age Steam Team initiative. Not The highest figure on here is $0.99. Cents. And actually, I lied. I forgot. One of these is not Avengers Assemble. Three out of the four are Avengers Assemble. Tisk, tisk, Connor, tisk, tisk. We have Thunderstrike. I thought we agreed we were going to lie to the to the viewers if it was in their best interest. Thunderstrike comes in at a whopping seventy-five cents price tag. I am so I'm so happy we got a Thunderstrike. He's only he's ninety-eight points. Charge flight, super strength. He's your beater on the team. He's the most expensive points-wise on the team, and you know what he's there to do. I feel like it's a solid dial all the way across. He does have two middle clicks that aren't that great, where he has sidestep and quake and only a nine attack, but. But I like it. I mean, he also has Empower, too. Six-range double bolt on a melee piece is also always nice. I think people underestimate that Yeah, you don't have to charge in with him if your opponent's... You know, if your opponent is wanting to... Is melee-oriented, then stay at range. Take yeah. some shots. Make them come to you. And then, not to mention, you have Shape Change, which is much stronger against melee than it is against range. Exactly. Second, I have a piece that uh, Drew played and I saw is a pleasant surprise. I really like this dial. It's Rage. At first glance, that top click, you're like, why do I want to play this figure? Is this the luchador asshole? This is the guy that, yes, kind of. I hate this guy. So I fucking hate this guy. <laughs> Rage is actually a pretty cool uh, dial because he's like a, he's a mini Hulk. He is. He's only 74 and points. And Drew played him alongside the Chase Hulk, yeah. and Rage is the one who killed everybody. He's only 74 points. He has end um, He's going to start off with Leap Climb Super Strength, but... After two clicks of that, his middle two clicks are Charge, Super Strength, Impervious, Battle Fury with great values. 11-3, and the next click is 12-4. With an 18 defense. And then clicks 5 and 6 are also superb with Sidestep, Close Combat Expert, again with an 11-3, still with Impervious even on click 5, and then on 6 he's got a 10 and a 2. So he's just a solid tie-up slash beater. Pick up a, a heavy object on your way in. Soak up a hit, let them hit you onto your your Hulk clicks, essentially, and then smack them in the face. And that's effectively what Drew did with him, was uh, he leap-climbed across the map, picked up a heavy, dropped him right next to my guy. I didn't know he was going to get that amped up if I hit him for four damage. Yeah, I, did. I didn't either. I did the same thing against him. He was the one that actually did the damage against my team. Uh, so you've got two mostly close combat-oriented pieces. In Veil... For also from Avengers Assemble, coming in at a thirty-five cent price tag, she's only forty-seven points. This is one of my favorite figures of the set, and one of my favorite characters of the set too. I was glad they clicked uh, 
uh, most of the Avengers Academy. They left out a couple people, but Vale's only 47 points. She is a flyer. However, her trait does not allow her to carry, something that this team actually does need. She has a special attack power, and this is why she's on the team. When she has less than two action tokens, she can use Smoke Cloud as a free action. When she does, deal one damage to any opposing character that ends its turn occupying or adjacent to one of these markers. No, that'd be good with just occupying, but also adjacent. That's awesome. And that's with a nine phasing. So you can move, and she has a, a shape change and a seventeen energy shield. So with her, I think you let Thunderstrike and Rage get engaged. You phase her up. And then smoke cloud to protect thunderstrike and rage. Make the opponent take negative one attack when they when they retaliate against rage and thunderstrike. And since well, they're already they're range. already tied up, uh, yeah, and, you know the opponent's already tied up with thunderstrike and rage. It's going to be harder for them to get away, and therefore they're going to be more likely to take damage from your toxic cloud smoke power uh, smoke uh, cloud ability. Yep. And she has five clicks of life. She does have exploit and sidestep on click number two. It's not a bad click to push her on if you decide that during the fight you need that. And then clicks four and five, she picks up poison with sidestep on one of those clicks. For 47 so. points, a free smoke cloud every turn is not bad. Yeah, she's super good for 47 points. I really like this dial. And then last but not least, also a cheap figure because she's only 99 cents. But at 75 points, Wolverine the X-Men Mirage... We have sung her praises before. She's excellent. She's got fantastic keywords. Most importantly for this scenario, she has initiative. She's got sidestep, seven range, in cap, willpower, which is something this team needs, and then a special damage power that gives her shape change, and when she does and rolls a three to four, she gets plus one defense value for the attack. Her la- She has seven clicks, which is a lot for 75 points these days. On four through six, she switches... From a ranged attacker to a charge uh, or a melee attacker because she gets charged with the wing symbol, blades, and probability control. I do want to bring up she has combo potential with Veil a little bit with the end cap because if she drops a token on somebody, all of a sudden they have to clear next turn and have to take the one from the smoke cloud too. Good point, good point. Uh, I think she, I put her on here because she fills the gaps. She, you needed a range, we needed a ranged attacker. We needed somebody with willpower because before Rage was the only one who had willpower on the team. And um, I also, you can't pass up a probability control piece. No. It, you greatly need one on this team. So there's your broke ass build 244 for the whole team. Alright, so main topic today how to design a good build in Heroclix. Make it gameable. No. Did you see the one I put up that's kind of No, I haven't looked together? through them yet. Right. Uh, <laughs> some general rules when you're making a build for a, a venue. You want to you want a build to be focused but not too focused. There's definitely a thing there's definitely a such thing as being too focused of a build. You want a good pool of figures without it being too restrictive. Right. That's why you don't want it to focus. As Austin just hinted, that's the key thing. You want the number of legal figs to be a wide pool for two reasons. One, variety in the play. You don't want everybody playing the exact same characters, the exact same figures. This is boring as shit. If but I was a more, judge, we'd all be playing Tony Stark twenty four seven. More importantly, you want to keep your players in mind. You know, you if even twenty five percent of your players are new players, they're not going to have. Nightcrawlers from uh, 
you know, web, web of Spider-Man, and they're not going to have giant size X-Men pieces. Like, they have a limited access to pieces that, you know, they have right now. You don't want to super restrict what they can play. You want to restrict it a little bit to keep things interesting, but you don't want to super restrict it. So it's for variety, but it's also be for so players actually have pieces that they can play. Uh, both of which is going to lead to people having fun. Everything that we talk about is all going to be about fun factor for the most part. Wait, I'm supposed to be playing this game for fun? That's the idea in the general creation of the game. Because I've been fooled this whole time. The second thing to keep in mind <coughs> is how many com- the number of complicated slash time extending mechanics you involve in your build. Now this is something in my mind that's more more going off what do your specific players like to do. For instance, for our guys, we're a pretty laid back group and actually all the all the places we play at around here are pretty dang laid back. Yeah. Ours especially. So we do resources, I'd say 25 to 50% of the time and that's about the perfect amount for us. Yeah. Um you what you don't want though is if you're, let's say that for some reason at your venue, let's say your venue also has magic games and you have Yu-Gi-Oh games and you have a limited amount of time that that store owner can provide you with for your Heroclix group. Don't do a 700 point everything allowed event if you only have a three hour window or a two and a half hour window. Yep. Be cognizant of your time. You know, a 300 point Figures only match is gonna go way faster than a 400 with tactics involved. Hell, the event that I had that went the fastest was I made an event blades only where everyone had to roll blades, and freaking that event was over in probably an hour and a half. So it's I mean if you have a lot of time and your players like playing with resources and they like playing super long thought out games and time is not an issue. Then you can do that, but that's what that's what I'm saying in general is is keep that in mind, keep your time in mind, and you as the the judge and the person who's making these events, you can control that by how many time extending mechanics you're allowing in the thing and how many points that you're allowing in the build. I do want to bring up. It seems like there's two different kinds of events really that break down. You have team restrictive events and you have scenario events. Where team-restrictive events are typically like you have to use these keywords or you have to use these powers Mm -hmm. or whatever. Scenario events are more of weather, map changes, little things that might shift how you play. And, I mean, I've seen combinations of both. Um, There's all kinds of cool stuff you can do with it. Before we get into giving you ideas, just one more thing to keep in mind while you're doing this. And really the the whole... We kind of hinted at earlier. Is just don't be crazy strict either on what the build is, and then even after that, when players show up, what you're allowing the players to play. Because it's just going to lead to not having fun. Or lead to stress, which is going to lead to not having fun. You want your players to leave with a positive experience. Damn it, we're grown men playing with action figures. Right. (laughs) Nobody's playing this because they get their competitive juices flowing. You know what I mean? Like, There's far more, more competitive better more competitive things we could be doing with our time if we if it was just about competition this is not the game you would be playing is what i'm trying to get rock paper scissors league you'd be playing like actual chess or something you know what i mean you wouldn't be playing hero clicks it's not that 
strategic of a game to where you're we're gonna get so much fan mail getting your jollies off of this fucking all the pros gonna be messaging us now who are you talking about so anyways keep that in mind so to give you guys some ideas here are some things that i like these are and there's more i'm sure i'll think of more as soon as we stop recording i'll think of other things (laughs) but here are ones that i i came up with over the last couple days things that i take as a basis and then build off of and these will give you the two factors that Austin and I brought up. Keeping your number of legal figures, that keeping that pool pretty deep where your players have lots of figures they can use, but also keeping it narrow enough to where it's interesting. You can go off of different color powers. Sometimes I do this for holidays events. If it's a St. Patrick's Day, I'll do an event. I do one on St. Patrick's Day usually um, where you can pinch the opposing figure if they're not showing green. So oh, you can't segregate figures by color. If the <laughs> you can you can say if a figure is not showing dark green or light green, the opposing player can uh, immediately deal that character two unavoidable damage. There go pinching them. Um, if it's a Christmas build, you can say you can do an event. Every figure has to show red or green, or you could even say red and green. There's enough legal figures, plenty of legal figures that can do that. You must show red and green on their opening click, you know. Or like the Super Bowl one where we did it on the sculpts. Right, on and on Super Bowl ones we've even done where if it's Cowboys versus Packers, it would be, uh, well, that wouldn't work because they're both NFC, but you get what I'm saying. <laughs> One the one you know on that one, was my dream Super Bowl <laughs> on one side uh, all the figures have to, their sculpts have to be mostly yellow or mostly green and then or you have to have a team of mostly silver mostly blue or you could do powers if you your team has to all have blue powers on opening dial and the and then uh, bring another team that has opening green powers something like that you can play off of buffing figures. Uh, one that I have in mind that we do a lot that a lot of our players like, I call it Warzone. Basically, you have a quote-unquote general on your team. That general may, like I think when I usually do it, I say your general has to be like 125 or more points, and then everybody else on your team has to be less than 100. And then that way each team only has one general. And then you say, okay, all generals are going to have mastermind and leadership and power and enhancement or something like that give them give a figure buffs across the board that's one thing you can play off of is buffing figures or debuffing even you could find some way to do debuffs you could uh, we've done these before where you build off of the random factor Uh, one really cool one that we did recently and i think it'd be fun to do it do again was called clicks roulette so I had people bring three 50-point figures, three 100, and three 150. And you're going to end up playing one of each figure, and that's going to give you, of course, a 300-point total after your 50 plus 100 plus 150. But you roll the D6 to determine which one you played in that match. So it was totally random. You'd get different combinations of, of yeah. ones. Um, sometimes you'd keep get like I think I had Jonah Hex all three of my things. I just I happened had, to roll his thing. I had one fifty Tony Stark all three rounds, but it played completely different based on what my other two figures were. Where, but see, what's cool about this is it's injecting randomness, but not super randomness because you still brought those figures. You yeah. still picked them out. 
and knew going in what was going to be random. Now, if you, if you want to go super over the top, you may not be able to do this. I was able to do it because our guys are so laid back and we're all about having fun. I We even had one event where I just told them, bring a 300-point modern age team. And when everybody got there, I made everybody play each other's teams randomly. You just randomly drew a team, and then you had to take it and figure out how to win with it. And then you changed teams each round. You got a new team that you hadn't played before. You can even go that random if you really want to. But I didn't tell anybody we were doing that so that they wouldn't build really crappy teams on purpose to try to hose each other. <laughs> uh, Trumping me. You can go generic theme teams. What you know? You can say, okay, you must you must play warrior, soldier, or martial artist theme team, or something like that. Brute. Brutes. Um, you can do ve- uh, things based off point ranges. By that I mean, like, two examples, actually. We just did an event. We did a best build for it, actually, called Beefcake. Yep. Everybody on the team had to cost 125 or more. We're, we have an event coming up called Mini Massacre, where every figure on the team has to be, like, 75 points or less or something like that so you can go off point ranges I'm really looking forward to that you can go off map manipulation Austin started to bring this up earlier you could use what are some things you can use for map um, manipulation I've seen one where uh, no character can draw a line of fire outside of four squares that's a fog of war style one mm-hmm. um, meteors meteors are one of them where constantly shower, raining down yeah. dealing damage um, I do random ones um, terrain toss basically at the start of each round, I use a little random number generator to figure out the grid on where the squares will go, and then I'll throw three smoke cloud or three hindering clouds de- uh, markers down on your map, three water and three blocking, just to kind of mix things up. You know what I want to try? We played that one where the whole outside edge slowly becomes terrain. Shock the turtle. I want to do that, but with lava instead, like Teen Titans map rules, where mm-hmm. if you're standing at the end of the turn, you take one damage. You can go off of comic book covers. This is something that um, all of our venues around here do. And this, again, is going to have to be at a pretty laid-back um, venue. But we do DC event where all fig- all your figures have to come off of the same comic book cover. And then we've done Marvel ones. And we have to ban the covers that have literally damn near everyone. Right. That recent Deadpool issue that came out last year that has like basically every person in the marvel universe on it you're not you're gonna have to ban that one but to uh, be fair you could basically find a comic book cover with any damn team you want but at least they'd have to put some work into trying to find it you can do the generic villains versus heroes things there's a lot of people who do builds where you bring a hero team and a villain team and then before the game starts you roll off to see which one you play and the opponent plays the opposite one and then uh again holidays you could do, I, we already touched on the color-based ones like St. Patrick's Day. You could do uh, Halloween events where only theme teams of monster, uh, kid, and teen you know, are allowed. Candy probs are active. Candy probs are active. <laughs> probs? We should bring that up just because it is a fun little thing to do for absolutely no competitive events. We've done uh, quarter probs and candy probs now where... Basically, you can throw a quarter in a jar and prob somebody's roll. It doesn't have to be... Well, like, you can set your own stipulations. At our event, it was... You could walk by a table and throw a quarter in the jar and re-roll, make someone re-roll their dice. And there was, like... What was it? No limit? Or was it... There was no each limit. Each person could only do it once or something the like that. The players could yeah. only do it once, but anybody outside the game could continue 
problem. So, like, there was an army following me around with bags of quarters just showering me and then the whole time. That's what we do for fundraisers for these Dial H events. So, I have... We raised over $100 uh, on our most recent quarter prop day with only, like, a dozen people. <laughs> that was so much fun. Uh, I know I myself spent, like, 25 of that dollar just making Austin re-roll stuff in all of I still games. hit an attack. That's all that mattered. Uh... Um, the I, other one is uh, we did candy probs for the Halloween event. Yeah, pretty much every Halloween we do candy probs now. You bring like three pieces of candy per game. You can spend, or you give one to your opponent to... Um, to re-roll any attack or... Uh, yeah, I, we limited it to attacks. Yeah. Like not super senses and shape change stuff. So yeah, if you want to increase the fun, you can think of little things like that to change things. Um, one of my favorite ones we ever did... And this this takes a lot of work, and it's not going to be for everybody in every venue. But was the loot crate event? Yeah, that was fun. I actually did like. That. I took a I took a dozen loot crate boxes. It was hard to balance, but overall it went pretty well. Um, I took a dozen loot crate boxes. In each one, I had a little plastic Ziploc baggie, and each one had one figure that cost exactly a hundred points. One relic. One team ability one stat modifier one stat one modifier and one power and i wrote those out you know on notebook paper and then uh cut them up into strips and the each player brings with them a 200 point team of only figures so basically your kit is going to finish out their 300 point team yep. and i had some good crates and one or two really really good ones just like you know games so like there was an epic crate that had like dark phoenix uh at a hundred points, power uh, mystics team ability plus one to all values and hypersonic or some outwit or something like that. And then there were crates that may have had a good figure, like there would be a crate that would have the question chase in it, but it may have mediocre powers and team ability. It may only have like the Avengers team ability. I didn't hit of any of the useful. rare crates, and I still did really well in that event, even against the legendary one. Which, that was that was a fun event. And like you that. could apply your powers and your stat modifiers to anybody you wanted. They did not have to go on the person in your yeah. thing. So I would be like, okay, well, I got end cap. That kind of sucks. But I'll give it to my little support piece. And that way, when they're not probbing or perplexing, they could you know be a little more useful as an attacker or something like that. That's the thing I liked was it allowed me to, to use the stuff pretty intelligently. Like, put a certain power on a character that might be mediocre otherwise. Um... My favorite events are actually the ones like kind of like that, but they're the ones where people with larger collections, uh, judges typically can do them like this, where you guys bring a bunch of figures and we, the players, get to play with some stuff that we're not normally exposed to on a daily basis. Like the fighting game event we do from time to time and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like I've learned a ton of different figures that I would have never even seen or thought about playing otherwise that I've been forced to play through those events and I've really enjoyed learning about them. Hopefully that, in general... Sorry, do you have any more? Yeah, decap. Yeah, I'm I'm on the <laughs> fence about decap. I, I love it as a random-ass fun event. Decap is basically if you crit, you kill the opponent instantly. If you crit miss, you die. Sometimes it goes farther, and if you roll six on blades, you, you kill the opponent instantly. If you roll a one, you die. And if you roll either of those, the uh, they can't be cannot be propped. Yeah. So if you roll a crit miss, you're screwed. There's no getting out so, of it. So they turn into these events where people bring a shit ton of prob and blades and then get themselves killed on it. it it's it's a lot of fun. 
It's random as hell, though. You cannot take it seriously. And I think that's part of the problem is some of the people. Yeah, it is fun. Um, hopefully that gives you guys overall an idea of, of something to build off of and the things to keep in mind. Again, keep it keep the pool of figures open and keep it fun involved. Don't go too strict with what you allow and what you don't allow and what, concept, what you think meets your criteria. Yeah. I'd like to hear some user or some listener events. Like, what are some really fun ones that you guys absolutely love? If you have any more questions regarding events, just send them to us on Twitter, Facebook, or our Gmail. Speaking of Gmail, let's get into the community section. The man from Japan has a question for us. Does he now? Let's see. Oh, his is on Facebook. We'll do his in a moment. So, because we are ahead of schedule. We will not have no super fan Eric Lunnell. We will not have a Eric Lunnell's, and we uh, will not have a lot of the ones we probably would have Are we got. getting a double dose of Eric Lunnell next week? Maybe. I don't know if we can take a double dose of Lunnell. <laughs> Let's see what we have on Facebook, though, because the Gmail bag is empty. Aside from a couple people answering correctly on the Make Your Move. I know on Facebook we do have a message from the man from Japan. Like how our viewers are just like us. They wait to the last minute to do everything. New question for you. Now, I'm going to rephrase his his question because it, it's kind of wonky. Basically, he's asking what are what's a good example and a bad example of when you s- saw a dial spoiled and you said what the he- what the fuck were they thinking when they made that dial up? I don't know let's like, ask Steve <laughs> let's go on a t- I think what he's saying is on a figure that's too good like what the fuck were they thinking and really bad like what the fuck were they thinking when they made this thing's piece of crap yeah. you know what I mean oh man so many basically anything Steve designs is over top on the best actually every Hulk I've seen in the last month Age of Ultron Hulk was pretty he's definitely up there on that I'm trying to think of bad ones like figures I looked at and like I was just cripplingly depressed with what the fuck why would they yeah, ruin this yeah because video? you know what those figures they don't do official spoilers for <laughs> no they just no they them. don't they slip them into the set and that's about it you know what I mean uh Son of Serpent, I just kind of like what the fuck are the thing in this figure because it they could have done much more. I agree. I like the trait; it's cool, but I feel like it could be a little better because it it you give one of them a power action so that when another one makes an attack, it gets plus one attack and damage values uh, for each of the chosen color. But I just feel like you could make it a little better, a little yeah. bit better than that. Come on, because otherwise, and also. You give us Son of the Serpent, but there's nobody else to play with them. Like, you could have thrown another figure in Avengers Assemble they, that they is like a leader. They didn't print the leader, did they? No. There's nothing to play them with. I don't know. Maybe we'll get... Maybe he'll come. And uh, maybe we'll get some more bigger points generics for them or something, but... I doubt it. I was... You know, I don't want to say he was WTF levels, but I was pretty unhappy with Night Mask. I felt like he could have been a lot cooler and a lot better. Yeah. Mm, maybe maybe on point cost. What was a figure that you're like, why is he 300, 400 points? Every Iron Man ever. We haven't, got, we haven't gotten too many bad what-the-fuck ones lately because of power creep. Of, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Uh, not drastic power creep, but... Uh, um, some of the slosh chases were kind of uh, 
the uh, Guardian. Or, uh, um, yeah, mu- almost all of them except for Lydia. The one specifically I'm thinking of, though, is the uh, big brute dude. Calabac. Yeah, his was pretty meh, if I remember right. Yeah, I think you're right. Calabac's pretty... Yeah, I mean, and no, he's 170. It's, it's more the point there. cost. Orion f- is the one I look at, and I'm like, really? This guy costs 206 points? Like, he has... No move and attack. <laughs> he has only the move and attack symbol to save him. Putting him at a massive 9 attack for 40. a 206 point figure. <laughs> I mean, he does have 10 clicks alive, but... Slosh, I think, was the last set we had a bunch of WTFs in. Yeah. Validus was the one that was a good WTF. I was like, damn, son. Alright, what else we got in the old mailbag? We got to reach on in the sack, Hunter. Reach in the sack. We got a freshman from Alex Paredes. Says he wants to be on Bad Samaritan with us. Oh, boy. Because I'm terrible at Bad Samaritan. I just want to bring this up now. He has some figures that are going to stump us, he says. He says. He also says, anyways, thank you so much for the shout-outs to Clicks TV. You guys have given us your podcast constant inspiration. That's just another thing to remind me to tell you guys to go check out Clicks TV. <laughs> And also check out our friend Edward Shelton's podcast, found only on YouTube at Starting Over Podcast. And, oh, Brian Drake, he had a good question. Have you guys played Star Wars Imperial Assault? I was actually looking into it just the other day because I was thinking about getting into it. Um, I have not yet. Uh, it looks really cool, though. Is that Was Harry talking about that the other day when we were at Fazoli? I thought he was talking about X-Wing. Maybe he There's was. like four Star Wars games going on right now, at least. Maybe he was talking about X-Wing. I get all Oh, no, he was Star talking Wars about uh, Dungeons and Dragons Attack Wing. Oh. If so, what do you think of its line of sight mechanic versus clicks? I personally love it, but don't feel it replaces or scratches the same itch that clicks does. I, I haven't gone too far into it yet to actually look at it. Um, get back with us next week with a short explanation or something. and Or I'll, go re- I'll just go read about it and then... We can answer that next week. Yeah. the Just on the topic, the line of fire on clicks, it seems it seems pretty shitty at first, but once you get used to it, I really like the way it works. It's just so hard to learn at first. It's okay. a very steep learning curve. I will, till the day I die, be angry about the fact I can't shoot from third elevated to one if there's one square of two in the way. Right. That's what I'm saying. And then, then don't even get started on Colossals and Giants. Shooting from a truck. This and that. And I can shoot over if a character, a but I can't shoot here. over a rock. <laughs> like. I don't understand. But once you get it down, like now that I have it mastered, I actually do like the way that it's all set up. Yeah. I think it works well. It's just really, it's probably the steepest part. Uh, aside from outside mechanics like, you know, resources and shit. As far as the actual game mechanics, Line of Fire is probably the, the toughest part of all of it. Well, anyway, so that looks like it's going to do it for Mailbox, and I... I mailbox? Bet... Is it a box now? It was a bag, Hunter. Sorry, Mailbag. I didn't mean Gosh, to confuse man. your tiny brain, Austin Smith. <laughs> I'm sure next week... Our poor <laughs> listeners can't handle that kind of change, Hunter. I'm sure next week that we'll have uh, a, a whole lot in there since we're... Uh, a double dose of Eric Lindell. We're early this week and we'll be late next week, so I'm sure we'll have a lot. Uh, be sure to go over to the HC Realms Creative Corner and check out our Dial Design Contest, which wraps up this week. What and, was this week's... Uh... Uh, you know, why you got to ask me, Al Smith? It's been a whole three <laughs> days since I put it up. I've already forgotten. Oh, I'm, I uh, asked 
people to design a figure uh, that has never been done in the game of Heroclix before, but it has to be a comic book figure. It has to be a Marvel or DC figure, but some a character that's never been clicked. That's period. not a bad one. Yeah, and we've gotten some pretty fun. Are we getting some cool generics out of it? No, not generics. It has to be an actual character. Oh. So it's been fun. I think last week I had people do a uh, non-Marvel, non-DC comic book character. Let's see if we we recognize any of these guys. Here. Uncle also, Ben. Uncle Ben. We haven't got an Uncle Ben, have we? The male Abyss. We just got female Abyss. Alex Wilder from Runaways. They Runner. need to just do all the Runaways. Yeah, I'm very surprised. Well, they've done a few, but I'm very surprised that that hasn't been a sub-theme. That should have yeah. been a sub-theme in Wolverine the X-Men set. Yeah. Dust from X-Men. Bange Whedon. Man, picking X-Men's like cheating because there's so many that haven't been clicked. Phantom Rider, Skinless Man, Argent from Teen Titans, Bawana Beast, we've seen him before. Bzzzt from Green Lantern Corps. I don't recognize any of these people. Terror, Zatara, and Melf from Santa's Workshop. I'm definitely not, con- uh, you know, uh, what's the word I'm thinking of? Not uh, sure what the heck this guy's from but he has the same as workshop keyword and we have figures with the same as workshop and he has a little comic book picture of the melf guy so i assume it's a real person so i'm just going to take this guy's word that he's given me a legit submission this week but anyways head over to hc realms creative corner check out the dial design contest we will have a best build contest for you guys maybe next week it'll, it'll be in june when the actual event takes place so maybe next week we'll have to see our, our time is a little bit limited coming up because we're finishing up Yu-Gi-Oh! OP kit. And then, believe it or not, Austin, Age of Ultron starting very soon. Yes. I think I have our first one slated for the third week of June. And I think the kits actually come out two weeks, uh, basically a week from today. Supposedly. Remember when they did the delays? Yeah. And they gave the new dates? They had it next Wednesday being the, the, new, the date. new date. So we'll see if it actually comes out. And I repainted my Millennium Resource. I had you tweet that out. I yeah. was very happy with that. Um, that thing, all it needed was a good wash, and you can find washes two, three bucks at Citadel Paint things, and it looks great. So if you guys want to interact with us, whether it's with a rules question, suggestion, you want to be part of Bad Samaritan, you want to be a guest one day, just... You want to talk shit to Drew because he's not here? Message us on Facebook. Follow Drew's working, so we can't give him too much shit. I can give him all the shit I want. He gives me shit for everything. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, or send us a mail at g dial h four hero clicks. That's all one word at gmail.com. See you guys next week. Later.